Good morning, Redeemer. Uh, my name is Morgan Renew. I'm a pastor at Redeemer Church of Dubai, and it's my joy to lead us in the second last part of the book of Acts. And it's been a joy, hasn't it, to work through the book of Acts. Uh, we've seen uh, Jesus building his church, seeing that Jesus was still at work then, he's still at work today. And as we've worked through the book of Acts, it's been like a map. We've seen the spread of the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, out to the ends of the Roman Empire. And I want to talk about maps because uh, when you look at a map, it can show you surprising things. Uh, one thing that's changed in uh, the last few years in the way that we watch sports is that now many athletes carry around a little GPS tracker. Uh, in their clothing. So if you've got the right app while you're watching your, your soccer, your tennis, uh, your, your football, uh, you can watch how fast the players are running, uh, how far they've run, and even get a map of where they've run. And it can show you some surprising things. So apparently the average American football player, they run two kilometers in a game. I think they've only got about 11 minutes of playing time. Um, a, an average basketball player will run four kilometers in a game. A, a tennis player will run five kilometers. Uh, a rugby player, seven kilometers. A soccer or football player, 10 kilometers in a game. I'm quite proud that Australian rules football players run 14 kilometers in a game. But you'd surprised, be surprised who runs even further than that. A fast bowler uh, in a day's play of cricket will run over 20 kilometers, sometimes up to 25 kilometers. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, when you look at a map, uh, you can see surprising things. Uh, you can look at some of those, those movement maps of games and see other surprising things. That the winning team spent all their time on one side or that they spend more time in the back defending uh, even though they went on to win. But in the same way, if you looked at a movement map of the book of Acts, I think you would be surprised. We were given a plan at the beginning of Acts in chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said that his followers would be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we might imagine that the gospel will go out uh, like a drop falling in water that sends out sort of beautiful circles. But when you look at a map that shows the travels of Acts, it's messy. Uh, people are coming here and going there and the Apostle Paul is traveling out and then coming back and then going out and coming even further back. Uh, it's surprising to see their movements. And those movements are, are happening because the book of Acts isn't all about church planting. It's also about building up churches. It's not all about evangelism. It's also about encouragement. And if you work through the book of Acts, uh, you'll see that as much as they are planting churches, evangelizing, uh, the book of Acts is about encouraging churches, uh, building them up. And while we have sort of jumped through Acts and just looked at a few features, uh, today I want to take a high view and work through a few different section of Acts, sections of Acts before we end up uh, in chapter 20, uh, which Rumbi uh, read for us. And as we do that, 
I think we'll see that mission comes from maturing churches. Uh, the Apostle Paul, his companions, uh, while they evangelized, they also encouraged because mission comes from maturing churches. And we heard a bit about this last week from Pastor Femi as he shared how churches encourage one another and how they work to build one another up as they're sending out. And we'll see this uh, throughout uh, some different parts of Acts today. And we'll start in chapter 11, uh, where Pastor Benoit took us a few weeks ago uh, to the church in Antioch. And pa Pastor Benoit showed us that uh, this church in Antioch, it was planted by, by people who had been scattered. We're told in Acts 11, verse 20, uh, that some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, came to Antioch and spoke to the Hellenists, or Greek also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. But then just a few verses later, we hear that Barnabas comes to see what's happening in, in Antioch. And in verse 23, we're told that, when, told that when Barnabas came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted or encouraged them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So twice there we saw that people were added to the Lord. Uh, the church was growing. But once this came after men had preached the Lord Jesus. But the second time, I'm sure people were still preaching Jesus. But we're told in Acts that it came after people had been encouraged to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. You see, mission comes from maturing churches. And that's why it's so essential to not just go out to the next frontier, uh, but to build up those who know Christ. Uh, in Acts 11, it continues. Verse 25, Barnabas goes uh, and finds Saul to bring some help. And, and Saul, Paul, he's the apostle to the Gentiles. He's got churches to plant. Uh, yet when he gets Paul, we're told in verse 26, when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. Uh, Paul had, had churches to plant, Gentiles to reach, yet he stayed there for a whole year uh, to encourage, to teach. Because it takes growing churches, maturing churches for mission to happen. Continues in Acts 13, we see that it's while the leaders in the church of Antioch are fasting and praying and worshipping uh, in Acts 13, chapter 1 and 2, that the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This dynamic continues in Acts 14. If you jump forward to chapter 14, verse 21, uh, Paul and his, his companions have again gone out to preach the gospel. And we're told in 14.21 that when they preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. The gospel was being preached, souls were being saved, yet souls also needed to be strengthened. And that's what we see happening here. 
the Apostle Paul, uh, his companion, they had churches to plant, uh, gospel work to do. Uh, Yet they came back again and again to encourage the churches and build them up to maturity. Verse 23 of chapter 14 tells us that when they'd appointed elders from them in every church with fasting and prayer, they committed them to the Lord in whom they'd believed. So they even take time to set up proper leadership in the churches. I think sometimes it can be tempting to wonder why are we spending so much time here on the church? Uh, All this time in members meetings or passing budgets or finding and voting in elders. uh, When we could be out there kind of sharing the gospel. Well, we should be uh, out there sharing the gospel. Uh, We see here that an important part of that is actually setting up healthy churches. Uh, Budgets and elders and and members meetings are important parts of the church being built up to maturity, being strengthened so that it continued to be involved in mission. We see in verse 24, um, they passed through Sidia and came to Pamphylia. When they'd spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they'd been commended to the grace of God for the work they'd fulfilled. When they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he'd opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. Here we see Paul and his companions who got much work to do, a nation that need to be reached. Uh, Yet they take the time to come back, encourage those in partnership, and they spend no little time with the disciples. Because if the gospel's going to go out, it's going to go out from churches. If mission's going to happen, it will come from maturing churches. And that's a surprising thing that we see if we look at the the movement map of, of what happens in the book of Acts. But why do they spend their time this way? Uh, Why do they spend this time this way? Why is it that maturing churches are the one that send out on mission? Well, it's because the word that saves is also the word that builds up. And we'll see that as we jump forward to the church in Ephesus. Uh, You know, if you uh, want to teach something, uh, you can learn all kinds of teaching techniques, communication techniques. You can create a really good looking PowerPoint presentation. But really, if you want to teach something well, you need to know it and show it well. I think many parents learn this. If you want your children to grow in patience and you can go and learn all kinds of communication techniques and discipline techniques. Uh, You can learn lots of parenting skills and the words to say. But if you're not yourself growing in patience, you've got very little hope of, of helping your children to grow in that way. If you're impatient with them while they're struggling to be patient, that's not going to help. Uh, The best way to to show something to someone is to live it yourself, is to know it and live it. In the same way, we see it that the same gospel that saved, the same gospel that we want to take out, well, that's the gospel, that's the word that builds us up. Uh, We see it here in in chapter 20. Uh, 
Paul had, had visited Ephesus earlier in, in chapter 19. We hear that when he was in Ephesus 19, chapter 8, he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. So Paul had been evangelizing, sharing the gospel. Then when he gets driven out, he sort of retreats back with the disciples and he spends a whole year sort of teaching, uh, strengthening the, the believers, it looks like, in this hall of Tyrannus. And, and we're told that though he retreats and he's building people up, look at what happens in verse 10. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Again, mission happens uh, as the church is growing in maturity. And we see that's because, well, the word that saves is the word that builds up. And now we're finally arriving in, in Acts chapter 20 to this farewell to the Ephesian elders. Uh, Paul is traveling back from a mission trip. He goes out of his way uh, to visit the church in Ephesus to see how they're doing and especially to speak to the elders. We're told in verse 17 that from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was preaching the gospel. And he says that's, that's his call. In verse 24, he longed that I might finish my course and the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. But that same word that reached them by which they were saved uh, of the gospel of the grace of God, that's the word that will build them up. If you go down to verse 32 of chapter 20, uh, Paul commends them. He says, I commend you to, the, to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all who are sanctified. So we testify to the gospel of the grace of God that people may be saved. Uh, but we also go to that word of grace that we might be built up. The same word that saves is the word that builds up. And we see through uh, Paul's time in Ephesus as he reflects on it, as he tells the, the elders what's important in, in leading the church, we'll see that this word needs to continue to build up the church. Uh, firstly, it's through the, the whole counsel of God. In verse 25, he says, Behold, I know that none of, none, uh, none of you among whom I've gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And Paul says, you need the whole counsel of God because this word by which we're saved, it's the word that will build us up. And while we might think if we want to be effective on mission, that we should just get simple, just the clearest, simplest gospel message. Uh, let's preach on John 3.16 every week. Uh, get the gospel really clear and simple. 
Uh, yet that's not all that's needed uh, for mission. Uh, God has given us his whole word, the whole counsel of God, so that we might know him and know him deeply. And uh, he gives us uh, his word that we as his church might grow, not just outwards in numbers, but deeper uh, in love for God, in likeness of Christ. And to do that, we need the whole counsel of God uh, as he, he shows us his works in history throughout the narratives, as he teaches us how to go to him with our fears and our tears through, through the Psalms, as he shows us uh, his grand purposes for salvation as kingdoms rise and fall in the prophets, as we see Jesus and meet Jesus in all his grace and his beauty in the Gospels. As we get the instruction of the, to the churches, as we get a vision of the future in, in Revelation, the whole counsel of God, we need it that we would know God and grow up in him. And it's as we know God, uh, as we're being tr tr transformed uh, by our knowledge of him, uh, it's then as that overflows uh, that he works in mission. We need the whole counsel of God. We also see here the priority of avoiding false teaching. In verse 29, Paul says that I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Paul is concerned, even as he's planting churches and the gospel is going out, he's concerned to protect the gospel in existing churches uh, because it's the true gospel that saves and the true gospel that builds up. Uh, so we need to know the gospel well. Uh, we need the whole counsel of God so that we would know our God so well that we would spot a counterfeit. We would spot a fake gospel. And we need it that we could keep building and growing as a church. Uh, but we need it that the true gospel, the gospel that saves, uh, would continue to go out. It's maturing churches uh, that send out in mission. The same word that saves is the word that builds up. And therefore we're to avoid false teaching. Uh, finally here, we, we see that the church needs to keep being built up. Uh, we need this word to build us up well, because the church is precious to God. Uh, God does use us as his witnesses. He is working through us. Uh, but we see here that God loves the church. Verse 28, uh, Paul says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock of God in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Well, it's maturing churches that, that create mission. Actually, the end, the purpose of mission is church. Because God has a church. God wants a church uh, whom he loves, whom he has bought with the blood of his son. Uh, because God wants us to not just be saved, but to be strengthened. And uh, not just to have our sins forgiven, though he does forgive our sins. Uh, but to know him and walk with him and grow in him. Uh, while we have a purpose, while there is much work to be done, we must remember that uh, the most important work has been done. Uh, we as his church have been bought by the blood of Christ 
We are precious. We are beloved. We can remember that and rest in that. Brothers and sisters, we want to be a maturing church that would send out in mission because the word that saves is the word that builds us up. And that means a few things for us. Firstly, if you don't yet trust Christ, if you wouldn't call yourself a believer, then come to him and know that the invitation is to come and know salvation, but it's also to come and be strengthened in him. The gospel is the great news that though we are more broken and sinful than we ever dared imagined, we are more loved than we ever dared hope. Because Jesus came and lived the life we should have lived. He died taking the penalty we deserved so that we could have forgiveness and have life. This is the gospel. This is the good news uh, that you can embrace and be saved. Uh, But it's this gospel, it's this good news that will continue to build you up. Because God wants you to come into relationship with him. It's the relationship you can grow in at this good news that saves will also strengthen you and build you up in joy and faith and trust in fellowship with our creator, in love and service together with his people. God is calling you to be saved, but also to be saved and to be strengthened and built up uh, to live in the gospel. If you don't know Jesus, come to him. But if you are a follower of Christ, well, keep growing. Uh, The word that saved you is the word that can strengthen you, uh, that is able to build you up. So keep growing. How can you keep growing this year? Is this the year that uh, you will read the, the Bible in a year? Uh, How can you be growing as we jump into kind of September and things start up? Is this the year where you will join a community group to sit together with God's people, that you might grow in your knowledge of God, that you might better know the whole counsel of God? Is this the year that you'll meet up with someone one-to-one to read the Bible, to grow in depth, that you might know God's word and be able to point others to God's word better? Is this the year that you might jump in and do some courses at uh, the Gulf Training Centre? Uh, that you would better know the whole counsel of God. Uh, let's, let's throw ourselves into knowing God better, uh, to growing in the word, uh, to growing in maturity, uh, praying that God would use that, that that would overflow to our friends, our neighbours, our colleagues. But if you have been growing, well, would you consider going? Because when God builds us up, it's often to send us out. Uh, If you've been comforted by something that uh, the Lord has shown you during this time of of COVID, uh, maybe he's comforted you to share it with others. Second Corinthians chapter one tells us that God gives us comfort so that we can then comfort others with the comfort we have received from him. I've been so encouraged to hear of the way that God has ministered to people by his word, the comfort and hope that many have found even in hardship Uh, during this time of COVID-19. Could you share the the comfort that you yourself have received from God? Consider going. Uh, Maybe this has been a a time of growth, that you've been growing in the word. Maybe you you completed a GTC or foundations year last year. Uh, How can you take what you've learnt and use it in the sake of mission? 
Uh, if there's someone you could pursue to read the word with you? Uh, could you step up to, to lead or co-lead a, a Bible study or community group uh, with the way that God has been maturing and growing you? Could you get involved in discipling kids or tweens or youth? God builds us up to send us out. And finally, brothers and sisters, I know some of you, you've, you've had to move. You're considering whether you, you need to leave Dubai or not because of different circumstances. Some of you have already had to leave. Yet from so many people, I hear that their time in Dubai was a time of growth, where they grew in their love of God and their grasp of his word. They were built up in maturity. So if you have left, if you're considering leaving, would you pray or would you talk to a community group leader or one of us elders about how God might use you for mission wherever you go? God is at work in us. This word that saved us, uh, he's, he's using to build us up. But finally, uh, just step back and remember that you are loved by God. Uh, Acts has shown us that uh, God, Jesus is at work and that we get to be his witnesses. Uh, we are used by God and that's exciting. That's an awesome privilege. Yet we're not just used by God. Uh, God loves us. Uh, we are the church purchased by the blood of Christ. We are beloved. And you see even in the passages we've read today of the care that uh, pastors are to care for the church because Jesus, the chief shepherd, he cares for his church. He loves us. And as we're used by him, as we long that we're growing maturity to go out in mission, uh, let's rejoice uh, that he is building us up by the word of his grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you that you don't just save us, though that is amazing. You save us from our sin. You've given us salvation in Christ. Thank you that you draw us into relationship with you. You call us to grow in you, uh, to know you, to walk with you. And we pray that you would help each of us to grow in our knowledge and love of Christ. And in that way, we pray that you would use us, that would overflow to those around us. And we pray that you would continue to build your church, uh, to build churches around the world and from there to send out more. Uh, for we know that you purchased uh, your people with the blood of your son. And it's his great precious name we pray. Amen.
the power 